0: You're listening to Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM, coming to you live from Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am, you can hear what the Bible says about past, current, and future events, learn how to study the Bible more effectively, get to know who God is, why we're here, and where we're going, and experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Carmelina Bacchino, and today we have David Maxwell joining us from Launceston. Welcome, David.
1: How you going, Carmelina?
0: I'm well, thanks. How are you?
1: Very well, thanks.
0: That's good. So, David, we have another segment of yours for the Word of God. And um, you've been sharing some stories with us about your journey with the Word. What have you got for us today?
1: Yeah, thanks, Carmelina. Yeah, I've, I have been sharing my journey with the Word. and Last week, if you remember, I shared listening to the call, so actually mm-hmm. hearing God initially Um, not so much in a direct fashion, but I'll talk about that a little bit today, but actually learning to come out of that legalism uh, Mm. and and listening to actually uh, God asking me to do something specific for Him, Mm. following that through and the transformation that caused.
2: Absolutely.
1: What I I wanted to talk about today was how, how, how God, Changed that legalistic thinking, all that information in my head, and moved it into. We would well, it's still in your head, but we call it moving to your heart. Mm. And it was a, a process where I learnt to actually hear God's voice. And we'll talk about it a little bit later in the question for our for our listeners. But for me, mm. it was a process of actually listening to God. The first experience I had with this was at a camporee. we were talking about this before the before we came on air today, mm. but I was at a camporee and i was I was wondering what was God wanting for me to do and i was I, uh, was reading the Bible away on my on my own one morning, and I had this um, all I can explain it is like a vision,
2: mm.
1: so there was like word pictures. In my head, and as I was, I had my eyes closed. So I was praying, them, all these images were flashing before my eyes or in my mind. Mm. And when all of those images finished, there was just one word: "Pathfinders," and that's our our youth ministry yeah. in our church. And and as I was recoil, recoiling from that, thinking, what, "What was that?" and then I had another bunch of images, and then after those images it was like things happening that had happened in my life and experiences I'd had. And then again, Pathfinders. Again, I was recoiling, didn't know what was happening. And then the same thing happened again a third time. Mm -hmm. Again, the word Pathfinders. And I was able to go back and talk to my wife about this because we had had a discussion about when I was going to finish up with Pathfinders because I was investing a lot of my life in it. And I realized that This was what God wanted me to do, and I decided to keep doing it for a number of years more. So listening to God in different ways was something that I learned. And while I was at college, I was uh, taking these steps of of learning about what God's saying to me. And so I went for walks. I decided I was going to do uh, fasting and prayer once a week. Now, I thought it was just... I was putting my hand up for a one-of event. Hmm. But the second week when I went back to church, they said, how did you go this week? I said, what do you mean? How did I go this week? That was, I did that last week, one day prayer fasting. No, no, you said you would do it every Thursday. Oh. I thought, oh, okay, so now, <laughs> now I'm fasting every Thursday. So uh, it was a bit of a shock to start with. But I, hmm. I learned to, instead of have lunch with the other students, I thought, well, I'll just go for a walk where I'm not seeing people eat. So I went on what they call the boys' walk, and I was walking around college. And as I was walking and feeling hungry, I would pray. And as I prayed, I I started to experience what it was like to hear God's voice. And in a number of ways, I actually, as I explained a little bit last week, and I'll explain a little bit in a moment, I started to listen more carefully to when it was God speaking to me and differentiate between my thinking and God speaking. Mm-hmm. And so that, that was a really big step in my Christian journey. And then it's important to actually do something about that. So apply the answers that it Mm. gives. It's great to hear his voice, but if you're not actually doing what he's telling you, then that Mm. can be a challenge. So that's what I learned to do. So that was was a really big step in my journey with Mm. the Word.
0: Absolutely. And um, you can catch all of the past um, stories that David has shared on um, the segment The Word of God by checking out the Faith FM app and the Faith FM website. Um, For this series, so far we have covered the spoken word and also the written word. And today we are starting the living word, um, which is very exciting. Um, <laughs> so what have you got for us today on the living word of the word of God?
1: Yeah, thanks, Carmelina. So today I want to continue this series mm. on the word of God. I want to move from just speaking about the the oral and written word, so God speaking to uh, mankind and the record of that, the the record that was written down and recorded for us to read today and how accurate that was. You know, I've looked at all of mm. that. But now I want to look at the impact that His Word, those written things that we read or that someone reads to us, has on our lives. So today we're going to start by looking at the example given to us of what God's applied word means to us um, and by looking at how it's lived out in the life of Jesus. Mm. So hopefully um, that's going to give you some more insights of how do we apply this word of mm. God to us. Um, so before we go into that, though, I want to ask a listener question mm. as we do each week. And so I wanted to ask, have you ever heard God speak to you? So I mentioned just how God first spoke to me.
2: Mm.
1: How did it happen for you? Have you heard it if you haven't? Um what have you asked? Maybe just some interaction about maybe not hearing God's word yet, but have you ever heard God speak to you if so what it was like?
0: Mm. And I'm sure everyone has a interesting experience if they have had God mm. speak to them like it's um I guess We would like to think it normal, Um, but I I guess everyone, you know, when you have that moment, it would be a bit of a bit of a you know bit of a time, bit of a moment.
1: (laughs) It is. So look, let me just let me just give an example for our listeners, and then then they can take it from there. Mm. Uh, For me, it was like a voice in my head that wasn't my own thinking. Mm. To explain that, um, some people would say, "Well, that's mental illness." But let me explain that for a moment, because I, I met a man once who had um, uh, schizophrenia mm. now i 've been connected with people who've had schizophrenia for quite some time now, but um, this particular man he explained to me what it was like in his head, and he says, Look, I had a friend once who it, who, who asked well what 's all these voices in your head that you 're talking about so he said he made a tape." With, uh, with all these people speaking as if it was in a, a big crowd mm. and lots of people were speaking. And then there was just this voice that would pop out of it and say this man's name. I won't say his name because yeah. yes. that, that's best. So he yeah. said that's what it was like and he, he put it on a tape, he gave his friend headphones and he turned it up really loud.
2: Mm.
1: He said that's what it's like for me. All the time.
2: Wow.
1: And so he had to, he'd learn to differentiate between those voices mm. <clears throat> inside his head and what other people were saying. So when he'd hear a voice in his head, he would look around to see if anyone else had responded. And if no one responded, he knew it was in his head. Mm. It was very clever. Yeah. However, this is not what God's voice speaking to us is like. Mm. It's not a mash of confused voices because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14.33 that God is not the author of confusion, yes. but of peace. Mm. So for me, it was this clear, inaudible thought that wasn't my thoughts. The first time was when I was 14. Mm. And when I was 14, I heard God say to me, David, this is your last chance. <laughs> oh. At a seminar one time, and I got up and went forward. Yeah. Other examples for me have been, um, well, just one quickly. I know we're out or nearly out of time ah, for our break, but. What what would happen was I would usually wear my suit. One time it was my suit, another time it was taking my laptop to church. Mm. I wasn't involved in the sermon that day, so I said, oh, I don't need my suit. And a voice said, put your suit on. (laughs) No, I don't need it. The second time, put your suit on. All right, I put my suit on. I got to church. The minute I walked in the door, the senior pastor walked up and said, person preaching today uh, isn't here, you're on. Oh, wow. So I had to go up the front. Um. And in that church, wearing a suit in church was important. Mm. Another time was a laptop. I don't take my laptop if I'm not needing it for the day. Obviously, you leave Mm. it at home. Again, take your laptop. I remembered the suit. I listened. I put my laptop in the bag. Mm. (laughs) I got to church. The man who was preaching couldn't get his laptop to work. And in just a few minutes, I was able to go up and help him, and he was able to preach. Wow. To me... That's the voice of God speaking to me in that quiet little voice that's not my own
0: thinking. Mm, absolutely. That's, that's, those are amazing examples. And I can't wait to hear any examples that, um, um, you have to share as well. Um, just to remind you that our listener question for today is, have you ever heard God speak to you? And if so, what was it like? Text us in on 0488 891 This first song has become a bit of a theme song for our segments of the Word of God. This is Give Me the Bible by Matt Meninkus and Clint McCall
3: give me the bible star of gladness gleaming to cheer the wander alone and tempest toss no storm can hide that peaceful radiance beaming since jesus came to seek and save the lost give me Bible, holy message shining Thy light shall guide me in the narrow way Precept and promise law and love combining Till night shall vanish in eternal day Give me Bible when my heart is broken, when sin and grief have filled my soul with fear, give me the precious words by Jesus spoken, hold up faith's lamp to show my Savior dear, give me the Bible, holy message shining shall guide me in the narrow way precept and promise law and love combining till night shall vanish in eternal day Oh, all my steps enlighten Teach me the danger of these realms below That lamp of safety or the gloom shall brighten That light alone the path of peace can't show Give me the Bible, holy message shining my light shall guide me in the narrow way. Precept and promise, law and love combine. Till night shall vanish in eternal day, in eternal day. In
0: You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and we are talking with David Maxwell on the topic of the living word, the word of God. Before the break, we had a listener question. Have you ever heard God speak to you? And if so, what was it like? We can't wait to hear from you. Text in on 0488-880-891. So um, before the break, David, we are continuing the Word of God series, and um, we're going to look at the impact of God's Word has on our lives. Mm. Um, you said you would begin with the example of um, what God's Word means to us when it's applied, as mm. is when it's lived out in the life of Jesus.
1: Yes, that's right. Uh, just coming back to that question for people, you, oh, yes. you might have people say, mm. oh, yes, but that's just your thinking, David. You know, you're very analytical. Mm. Well, fine, but I don't usually have arguments in my head.
4: No. <laughs> and
1: and when, those, when those thoughts came to me both times, I remember mm. having this argument, I don't need to do that. Yes. And insisting, but that same impression kept coming back. Mm. So for me, that was... God being gracious and impressing me so that I would know it was him and it wasn't just my thinking. Mm,
5: absolutely. Yeah.
1: So, yes, we're, we're, we're moving away from just the written word to the impact that his word has on our life, lived mm. out. Uh, and firstly, we're going to see it in Jesus' life. But I'd like to pray first for our listeners, and then I'll get you to read the passages that we're looking at today.
0: Absolutely.
1: So let's pray. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that you've promised to speak to us from your word through your spirit when we ask. And so we ask today that you would speak to each of our listeners that they might hear your voice as we share your word with them in Jesus name. Amen.
2: Amen.
1: So, Carmelina, could you read a couple of verses for us? We're going to look at John 1. 1 to 3 and verse 14 as well as 1 John 1 1 to 3 written by the same author
0: Absolutely let's start with John chapter 1 verses 1 to 3 and then verse 14 and we are reading from the New King James version this morning In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God He was in the beginning with God all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and he beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And now moving to First John chapter 1, verses 1 to 3. <laughs> that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the Word of life, the life was manifested, and we have seen the bear witness and declare to you that, and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ.
1: Mm, Thanks very much, Carmelina. I'm going to dig into that a little bit deeper as we Mm. go through um, today. Well, first I wanted to start with an illustration called Applying the Knowledge. Well, back in the 1980s when I was in the Air Force, now that's a long time ago when I think about it, um, I was completing my aircraft engineering training and there were two distinct components to the learning. First was the theory. Uh, We learned things like the theory of flight, aircraft componentry, the rules and regulations. Basically, we didn't have to remember a lot, we just had to remember where to go and find it. Right, which book was for particular different things. So mm-hmm. we had to know that. We also had to know how to navigate and follow the maintenance documentation. So no one could ever remember all the steps you needed for every aircraft you worked on. So you just had to know where to go to get the information and then how to follow it. Mm. So what followed that was the practical application of the knowledge. So we worked on the aircraft parts and the actual aircraft. If you ever go to the Australian War Memorial today, you'll see a Japanese Zero that's been fully restored well, our intake of apprentices were the first to actually work on it wow. um to learn and apply our maintenance knowledge. when we got it, it was a mess. It was mm-hmm. an absolute mess. you know it had been pulled out of the mud somewhere, and it was there was, pieces missing all over it. So we had to strip it right down and rebuild it. Mm-hmm. So we hadn't finished doing that, of course, mm-hmm. when when we graduated, and it was multiple intakes of trainee mechanics that worked on it. We were just the first ones. And finally, it was restored to its former glory, and that's what you see in the War Memorial today. So, so too, with what we've been looking at these many past weeks, covering a lot about what God has kept for us to read today, this week and the next two weeks, we're essentially going to look at the so what uh, of of how to apply this information because, you know, reading the information is fine, mm. but if I never went and applied it, I never would have learnt to be a mechanic and use those skills. So God wants us to do that as well. He wants us to apply what we know.
0: Mm, absolutely. It's the application that really reinforces um, what you know as well because, sure. yeah, you get to practise it and um, really see it in, in, happen in front of you.
1: Yeah, that's it. You apply it to real life, Mm -hmm. if you like. And that's what God wanted us to do. Mm. So firstly, I'd like to briefly recap uh, on what we already know about Jesus of Nazareth. So Mm. let me again read what the apostle John wrote, having been with Jesus for three and a half years. Now I just want to briefly recap what you've, what you've Mm -hmm. just read. Yes. So here in John chapter 1, remember, for same author, yes. John chapter 1, I'm just going to read a little bit, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. Mm. And then in chapter four, uh, verse 14 he says, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. So clearly, clearly he's talking about Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth. And in mm. 1 John 1 and verse 1, it seems that John is getting this realisation of who they had with them. Mm -hmm. That which was from the beginning, that which we've heard, we've seen with our eyes and we've looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. Mm -hmm. He's grasping this almost for the first time as he writes it. Mm -hmm. So in both of these verses... The outset to the gospel and to his letters, John makes it amply clear that Jesus is or was God, this eternal and self-existent being. To quote someone else who's said something about him, it is that in Him, in Christ, is life, original, unborrowed, underived. I like I like that sentence. Mm. This means he wasn't created; he always was, together with God the Father and the Spirit. So that's what. He says in John, and in 1 John, he's realising that that eternal being was with us. I can't believe that. So God spoke through this word to mankind throughout the ages of recorded religious history that we have in the Old Testament scriptures. Now, I say that because you have verses like this that pop out in Genesis eighteen twenty-two. It says, the men turned away from there and went towards Sodom. Abraham sees, has three men and he sits down to have a meal together. But Abraham still stood before the Lord. So two of the men leave and one man stays with him. And Abraham calls him the Lord. Mm. And he speaks with the Lord. Who is this Lord? <laughs> in, in Judges 6, 11, it says that now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, speaking about Gideon's time speaking with God. Mm. And a little later in verse 14, it says, Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours. Mm -hmm. Throughout the Old Testament, the phrase the angel, not a angel, the angel of the Lord appears 52 times in the Old Testament. And usually it is referring to, I think exclusively in those 52 verses, it's, it's speaking about some part of God speaking with mankind, and often in the flesh. Mm. That's really interesting. So for this reason, it seems John uses a name for Jesus that conveys the wider perspective of who Jesus really is. And as we continue reading, we see a mystery that we find very hard to comprehend. Mm. And we know we can trust the Bible, but and so we can believe it nonetheless. So we've read John 14, we've also read First John 1. Mm. Um, can you read in in Luke 1, 28-35, just quickly, please, Carmelina? Absolutely.
0: And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favoured one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what matter of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. For you have found favour with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call will his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom, there will be no more, no end. Sorry. <laughs> oh, oh. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God."
1: Mm. So, for modern people, they need an answer for everything and they don't believe it. Otherwise, it's really hard Mm. to understand Mary's supernatural um, conception. However, Mm. we know the Bible's true. Yes. But but they also find it hard to understand that a supernatural being could walk amongst us in human form. However… At least from the 1930s, when Superman first appeared in comics, the idea of a superhuman with, um, with these attributes living among humanity has been postulated to the modern world. Hmm. And, and today there's a plethora of these superhero movies that are almost uh, indoctrinating the youth to accept it. Yeah. But all of these superheroes, as inverted commas, that are portrayed on the screen... Opposed to all of those, Jesus was real and he really did exist with us.
0: Mm. So you're saying that although many don't believe in Jesus coming as a divine human or representative from heaven... Many today are ready to accept a different type of superhero.
1: Mm, yeah, it seems that way. You know, they don't mm. want to accept Jesus, but they'll, they'll, you know, accept all these superheroes. But Jesus was very, very different from these. Mm. In Luke, in number of verses in Luke, we see that he was actually born. He lived like any other person. He grew. He remained focused on God, mm. and nevertheless, he was obedient to his parents, and he was showing how God preferred that we live. Mm. In First John one one to four, it. John John records this time as a time with, as what I've called it, as rubbing shoulders with God, mm. you know, in real life. And the way he records it, it seems like he's finally realizing through the excitement and of this experience.
0: mm Absolutely. Well, it's time for our break. So before we go, just to remind you all of our listener question, have you ever heard God speak to you? And if so, what was it like? Text us in on 488 880891 Also, we have our free book offer coming up. Enjoy the living word, inspiration, manuscripts, and translations coming up later. This is At Your Feet by Melissa Green.
4: fade away I need to
2: is made possible by the support of Adventist
0: World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and we are talking with David Maxwell on his series, The Word of God. And David's been speaking to us on the topic of the living word and the word of God in that um, living out in our lives. So, David, before the break, you were saying that Jesus came as a baby but was supernaturally conceived. You also Mm. said that he lived as a human like us, but he was different to any other human. Would you like to explain to us um, why John refers to him as the Word? Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah, sure, Carmelina. As I said before the break, as John records his letters towards the end of the Bible, these are probably written towards the end of his life, around about 90 AD or a bit after that. Mm. As he writes, he emphasises the reality of what they experienced by having God with them. In actuality, in his Gospel about the life of Jesus, which he probably wrote after the letters, which is interesting, Mm. 12 times he refers to Jesus as the Word. So clearly John is wanting to show us something quite special about Jesus. Mm. Not that just he spoke to us, but that he actually spoke God's words to us. Mm. So if you understand that concept, if he's called the Word... And in the Bible, we see references, the Word of God. In the Old Testament, we see the Word of God came to so-and-so. Mm. So is, is this Jesus living with us today? He is the Word. He's the spoken Word of God. So, for example, in John 1 verse 5, he says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. As Jesus lived here, it seems like his words and his life showed us something about the nature of God. Mm. And it was like illuminating um, a a dark room. Mm. That's what it was like. When you think about a dark room, you turn on the light, where does the darkness go?
0: Disappears.
1: It just disappears. It doesn't yeah. slip out the window and go somewhere else. It simply disappears. Mm. It's consumed by the light. And this is what Jesus' life is like, you know, as he comes and he shines in this dark world of sin. Mm. So in the Old Testament, there's an interesting symbol used in the sanctuary, and it was something that most know um, in, through their reading of the Bible as the showbread it's first mentioned in the Old Testament in Exodus twenty five thirty, And Moses is told to make a special gold-covered wooden table where the showbread will be placed fresh every day. Mm. Well, in actual fact, the direct Hebrew translation of the words used comes from two words. So it's showbread in English, but it's actually lachem panim, which means literally the bread of faces. <laughs> the bread of faces. What's that mean? Through a number of other Bible verses, we see that the bread represents Jesus, right? So, in in John, John records Jesus as saying, For the bread of God is he who came down from heaven and gives life to the world. So, clearly, mm. he's speaking about himself because straight after this, in chapter 6, verse 35, Jesus says directly, I'm the bread of life.
5: Mm.
1: Okay, so bread and Jesus, that makes sense. We, yes. You know, we 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 can grab that. But what's this faces that it's talking about? Mm. Some people, in some translations, it'll say the bread of the presence. Okay, which mm. faces presence. Okay, I get that. Throughout the Old Testament times, people had drawn conclusions about, you know, who God was. And those, some of those conclusions are not actually supported by God's direct revelation to man. Mm. Um, in Exodus 34, 6 to 7, we've read this before, God explains firsthand to Moses, What he's like, and Mm. he doesn't show him this, you know, glorious, blazing person. He explains his character, Mm. and he says his character is one of love and justice. However, mostly, people seem to be focused on the justice bit, and they forget about the love. Mm. We'll come back to that in a moment. So John explains a little bit further in his opening chapter of of his account of Jesus' life, the Gospel. He says, The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. Mm. So the faces then that this bread of life showed us were the faces of God. It's a plural word. It's not bread Mm. as in singular. It's um, faces, bread, bread. Of faces, Mm. not just face. So we see Father, Son, Holy Spirit. John is saying here that we beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Not a shining glory,
5: Mm. that
1: physical shining sense, but rather one relating to his character. Mm. So Jesus shows us by his life what God is like. He puts a face on God, if you like. I love that. I think it's fantastic. Mm. And then we have the unclear made clear. So Jesus begins his ministry, and as he does so, Matthew records what seems to be his first sermon, and many people have called this the Sermon on the Mount. Mm. So after clarifying the the facts of who Jesus actually is, um, or sorry, who will actually inherit the kingdom of God, Jesus makes a startling statement. I'd like to read it in mm. Matthew chapter 5. He says in verse 17 and 18, I'm reading from the New King James, it says, Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I didn't come to destroy but to fulfill. Mm. For assuredly I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away. One jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. Mm. Now, it's really interesting because that jot or tittle are the small punctuation marks that are around the Hebrew consonants Mm. that help you to know how to explain it. Jesus is saying not even the pronunciation of the law will change till it's fulfilled. Mm. So some people have confused these these two words. Jesus says, I haven't come to fulfil it, but I have to come to fulfil it. And mm. it's confusing to people. Well, in the in the Greek, as you read it, there are two different words that are used. The first time he says fulfil, um, mm. I did not come to destroy but to fulfil. It uses the word plerosai, which means to fulfil in the sense of fill up or give it meaning. If a mm. woman is fulfilled, she's not finished. She has meaning, purpose, that's what it means. This is confirmed by the exact context of the chapter because Jesus goes on to just do that. He explains more fully, gives more meaning to the Old Testament laws, you know, the mm. one about adultery, the one about murder. He, he gives it more clarity, if you like. Mm. The second time he uses fulfill, a different Greek word is used, and this one is genitai, and that means to take place or finish, you know, come to be, if you like. Mm. So Jesus is saying that he came to give more meaning to the law and he completes the things that some of the law points to, and Mm. only then will those parts of the law be finished.
0: Mm. (laughs) So you're saying Jesus' (laughs) death didn't abolish the law then?
1: That's a long way of saying yeah. exactly that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus stated that he didn't come to abolish the law. Mm. He came to give it more meaning, than to fulfil much of what the ceremonial parts of the law pointed to. Mm. He became the sacrifice for our sins because those ceremonial laws that point to Jesus were the ones that were finished, mm. but the rest of the law remains.
0: Wow. Well, I'm <laughs> sure we have more to hear about from that, but right now we have to go to our break. Um, and... Uh, Before I do, we've got our book offer that I need to tell you about. So enjoy The Living Word, Inspiration, Manuscripts and Translations by Peter Rohnfeld. What version of the Bible should we be reading to gain the best understanding of God's Word? And I can tell you, every pastor is different. Um, (laughs) The Bible is so important for living as followers of Jesus that it is hardly surprising there are many questions about it. This book will show how we can best read and understand God's Word. The code for that is after the break, but right now, this is Living Water by Josh Cunningham.
6: I was thirsting for that living water Drinking from a well that don't satisfy When I met a man His words were like no other He said draw from a well That'll never run dry He told me Everything I had done He said come and drink The living water Come and take from streams of life you will thirst no more And you will thirst no more I was hungry for heaven's manna And eaten the meat that perishes and dies And I met a man who walked upon the water He said, come partake of the bread of life The bread that cometh down from heaven He said, come and drink the living water Come and take the bread of life, you will thirst no more, you will want no more. There's a water that's pure, there's a bread that's true, there's a light that shines. He's calling you I was without form and void in darkness. and darkness all around me was trouble and strife And I met a man, he led me from my blindness He said I am the light of life Light that light up everyone Come and drink the living water Come and take the breath of life You will first no more Walk in dark no more Lost in the dark, couldn't find my way. Looking for the light of day. All around me, trouble and strife. Eating the bread that don't lead to life. The clouds with no rain were filling my sky. I was drinking from the water that don't satisfy. I met a man who led me from blindness. Spoke to me in words of kindness. He gave me to eat of heaven's bread. Come follow me, is what he said. Told us to his sons and daughters. He said, "I am living water. You will thirst no more. You will thirst no more."
0: You're listening to Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM and we are finishing up our program now with David Maxwell on the topic of the living word, the word of God. As promised, we have our free giveaway for today. And the book was Enjoy the Living Word Inspiration, Manuscripts and Translations. And the code word to claim that, um, that free book today is Word 7, W O R D and the number 7. Text that in to 048880891. Just to remind you of that, it is Word 7, W O R D and the number 7, no spaces. Text that in to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. So, David, before the break, you were explaining that Jesus didn't have to come to abolish the law, but instead he came and brought it more meaning um so and he became a sacrifice for us to fulfill the ceremonial part of the law and reconcile us to god so um could you please put it all together for us and explain how god's words lived out in jesus's life impact us today
1: Yeah, certainly. Thanks, Carmelina. Over my years as a supervisor in a global mining company, um, Rio Tinto, Mm. I read my fair share of books on management styles and methods. Now, don't get me wrong, Mm. it was very, very useful to read all those and it taught me a lot. But I must say that I learned more about managing people by watching other managers. (laughs) (laughs) watching other people seeing how they they'd clearly read a lot as well mm. but they faithfully applied what they learned so once they once i did that i watched what how they applied it i actually learned from their example how to apply what was written in the books mm. right so that kind of makes sense so likewise Although the Bible's much got a lot of wisdom it's got a lot of instruction for humanity how to live peacefully and considerately together unless mm. you actually see the bible instructions in action you may end up with the wrong interpretation this is because when what what it meant to the people who uh, first heard it and wrote about it can sometimes be different and have different connotations down through different cultures and different ages. Mm. So I believe this is one of the reasons why Jesus came and lived out God's words so that we actually could witness what God intended for us, mm. how, how God wanted us to live and how God wanted us to apply it. Mm, absolutely. So the the main reason Jesus came, though, was to restore mankind, him, and we've previously talked about that. Mm. The trouble with humanity is that because of Adam and Eve's disobedience, we'd become separated from God's eternal life. And so after 70 plus years, we expire. Separated from God's life, we go to our graves. Mm. So there's a problem with mankind. God made us and loved us so much, but the penalty of disobedience is separation from him. Some would call that a Catch-22, and it results in our death for the disobedience. So, you know, we disobey, we're separate from God, we don't have his life, so we have to die. What's God going to do about this? Mm. So he actually had a plan in place just for this eventuality. You know, God looks and he sees the future, so he doesn't get caught unawares. He has a plan. And that blows your mind when you just even think about that. We're not going there today. (laughs) (laughs) As we read earlier, the Word, or Jesus, is eternal. And in in John chapter 1 and verse 3, it says that in him was life and the life was the light of men and women, of course. Mm. God... God the Son, or the Word, or Jesus as we know him. You know, throughout the Bible there's different names for Jesus, different names for God the Son. Uh, Emmanuel, as he comes and lives with us. Mm. But he, the life of God is within him, mm. and no one can live without his life. In First John chapter 5, it says, He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. Mm. So, in effect, God said... I hope you get that. You know, we're talking Mm. about the word, the living word. God said in Eden, if you obey my law, you'll be, uh, if you disobey my law, I'm I'm, I'm sorry, Mm. you'll be choosing a different leader, Satan and you'll live without my life and you'll die. You'll be Mm. without my life and you'll die. When they did just that, the law had to be fulfilled or God wouldn't be true to his word because in Titus 1-2 it says that God cannot, lie. Mm. That's a very deep statement. Yes. So the solution he'd prepared was that he would take our sin he would take our sin and then take the punishment for that sin. I want to read that verse for you mm. in Second Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21 it says for he that's God made him that's Christ who knew no sin to be sin for us, Mm. to actually be sin for us. There's so much more in that. can't unpack that today. (laughs) We haven't time. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. It's a swap, if you like. Mm. Jesus takes our sin off us. We now don't have that sin and puts it on himself. Then he pays the penalty for it and he takes his righteousness and puts it on us. Paul calls that putting on Christ Mm. And so then we can receive his life back because we're free from the sin. Mm. So I bring back to my opening illustration of applying the knowledge. Mm. Remember the Japanese zero that our, our air force apprentice intake started to refurbish. Mm. It helped us to apply what we'd learned. Yeah. Well, after all we've learned about God's grace through the oral and written word in these past weeks, it won't do us much good unless we take a hold of the living word and and, and, and gain a better life for now and forever. Mm-hmm. So God spoke his promises. So again, it's verbal to Adam. It was transferred to other custodians, Lamech, Shem, Isaac, Joseph. It was then written down and faithfully copied until Jesus came and again provided a verbal and visual example through his life, his death and his resurrection. Mm. Don't you want to take a hold of this free gift? Mm. It removes our sin and gives us eternal life. If you want to, please get in touch on that number that Carmelina has shared with you and we'll share more information on how you can do that.
0: Absolutely. And just to remind you of that number, that was zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Thank you, David, for joining us this morning. Mm. And don't forget, you can claim your free book offer. Word seven is the code word. W O R D and the number seven, no spaces. So you can claim. Enjoy the Living Word. We look forward to seeing you again next week, David. Um, also, you guys can join us tomorrow with Tamika Spaulding. Um, but whatever you guys are doing, I hope you have a great day. And um, s- tomorrow, also, sorry, to today, uh, I forgot to say, um, Tamika will be covering Go and See What You Have. I'm sure that will More. be an interesting segment from Connecting the Dots. Um, this right now is Evidence by Jason Horde. Um, I pray you'll be blessed today and have a lovely um, Thanks,
1: time. Thanks,
7: Thank you. God David. bless. God bless. All throughout my history Your faithfulness has walked beside me The winter storms made way for spring In every season From where I'm standing I see your goodness all over my life, all over my life. I see your promises and fulfillment.